don't know if there's going to be another hill in life and another problem and another problem. You just attack every single one until it's over and you have more in you than you think. Hey, what if you can raise a son who's a modern day knight? What if you can raise a son who's a protector and a provider? What if you can raise a son who will stand up for core values and a moral ethos? Hey, welcome to The Empire Show. My name is Bedros Koulian, and this is the handsome Craig Ballantyne. And I would sign up for that because when I have a son, mm -hmm. I want him to be somewhat like you and a lot like me and a, lot like a, re a really, yeah. really great Canadian. Yeah. If he's a lot like me, then you should demand a DNA <laughs> test from, from Michelle. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. I couldn't help it. I had to say it. That's funny. Um, so listen, yeah. you, you did an amazing thing. You had your Squire program, the first round of the Squire program. Yeah. You're going to do this again? Yeah, yeah. I, I decided I was only going to do one, but after the feedback from all the dads and sons who came to it, we're yeah. doing more. Okay. So you brought in, how many, were there 30, 50? Uh, 40. So there was 20 sons and 20 dads. Okay. Why? Why did you do this? Now, I kind of have a good idea, but go deep on why you brought these fathers and sons together. Mm -hmm. You had, you know... Um, Marines, you had Navy SEALs teaching them yeah. how to be great. So all of our project instructors, we taught uh, these, these young men and their dads, um, put them through a 12-hour awesome experience. Nothing like the project. It wasn't violent. It wasn't whatever. But it was this opportunity to create a rite of passage for these boys who are 13, 14, 15 years old. Those three years, 13, 14, 15 years old, they need a rite of passage. And here's how it all started. When my son, Andrew, who's now 15, you know him, yep. when Diana was pregnant with Andrew, Di's uncle gave me a book called Raising a Modern Day Knight. No way. Yeah. When I read that book, I was like, holy crap, this book is really teaching me about how to be a chivalrous man, how to be a, a protector and a provider, how to be a servant leader, how to open doors, right? Like I didn't do any of that stuff, dude. I kind of grew up like a savage. And so I was like, well, before I can teach my son this stuff, I got to start learning it. And so the best way to learn it obviously was just to go all in. And I, during the nine months that I was pregnant, I was just trying to learn as much about chivalry and and being a protector and a provider and having core values to live by and, and morals to go by and not being a needy, <clears throat> attention-seeking person, et cetera. And Did you still own the gyms at this time? Um, that was in... 2004 or five? 2004. So I already sold my gyms. Okay. And I was, got I had, I was online coaching gym owners got at it. this point. Yeah. Starting to launch my uh, coaching business. Yeah. And, and, and so as Andrew was born, I'm like, holy crap. All right. Now I got to teach him this stuff. Right. So he kind of starts coming of age and I teach him, you know, when he was like just a little dude, four years old. Hey buddy, you're, let's go, let's go open mom's door. And as he was old enough to reach a door handle, he would open Chloe's door. Wow. Right. And he would take things from mom and open the doors for her and things like that. Just learning to be a little modern day knight. And there's this quote that a friend of mine who was actually on the Empire show, Larry Broughton. Oh yeah. Right. Mutual friend, right. Shared with me. He said, the, the quote goes like this. It's a uh, strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create bad times. Bad times create good men yeah. or strong men again. Yeah. And so I realized that, and the book was so profound, man. The book went on to say that Raising a Modern Day Night, that when a young girl goes through this rite of passage into becoming a woman, 
it, there's a very physical thing that happens. Uh, one, she she starts developing boobs. Sure. And two, she has her menstrual cycle. So it's a very physical thing that the mom and the daughter can go, hey, let's talk about this stuff. Look, let's let me help you sure. out in this process. You're now becoming a woman, right? There's really nothing that happens for us. Okay, you get a little stubble here and there. You get some armpit hair. You, you start feeling some emotions towards women or girls, but you're like, what's really going on? This is why tribes hundreds and hundreds of years ago had rituals that would, for example, the most savage ones were they would take a young boy who was 12 going on 13 and they would cut his arm, just not obviously to the point of amputation, but just to draw blood, hand him the knife that he was cutting it with just as the sun's going down and saying, go into the woods bleeding with only a knife to protect yourself, build shelter as you're bleeding. Now you're a prey, right? And you can only come out when the sun comes up tomorrow morning. We'll be here waiting. All the men, all the elders. And when he came out, they're like, hey, son, you're now a man. And as you're coming out, um, here's what we want to tell you as a man. You have to be a protector and a provider. And right. Yeah. And it was this rite of passage that you are no longer hiding behind mom's skirt. You are now going to be a young warrior. And a young warrior is not just someone who shows up with, as a savage, but they show up as a servant as well, um, as a protector of the tribe and the community. And so in the absence of that, so now you fast forward a little bit and you have the knights who have squires. The squire's job is to clean the armor and sharpen the sword and wash the horse, etc. And in that process, that knight mentors that young man, the squire, into being a chivalrous adult. And so there's that. And as we grow up and the, the world gets modernized and now with the 50% divorce rate and dad's not being around. Yeah, that's the thing. Right. So all of a sudden now dads aren't around to become the men that these young men are going to look up to. Because young men will always look up to older boys mm -hmm. or older brothers or older dads, right? Dads. And in the absence of that, they start looking towards gangs. No dad, they start looking for gangs. In prison, there's initiation. The military is an initiation process. Yeah. For men, we still have that. You know, people go, well, there's all this hazing in the military. It's got to stop. And they, you know how many laws they've passed about hazing in the military when you get your, uh, like our friend Navy SEALs, like Jason Redman, Ray, Care, when they get their trident, they're not supposed to, they're just supposed to put it on their thing. But secretly, there's a whole hazing thing that happens, and they're so proud of it, where they right. take that pin and they bash it into the chest, and every seal from that platoon bashes it into your chest, and they're proud of the scar, and it's just a rite of passage into the seals, right? And so as young men, we don't have that, and we're not taught the core values, the ethos, to be a protector, to be a provider. And soon we grew up and we're like, man, I feel like I'm limping through life. I feel I'm passive aggressive instead of being assertive uh, and, and giving direct feedback and accepting direct feedback. So that's why I created it, because when I did this for Andrew, I saw how he shakes hands and makes eye contact, and I'm like, man, I didn't do that at the age of 13. Sure. Man, it was like, I was barely 30 years old before I felt confident to do a pro give you a proper handshake, dude. Yeah. And so that's why, so when I shared the story on social media, everyone's like, oh my God, I want to do this for my son, but I don't know how to do it. Yeah, well, you also did this in, in Utah when you took him to, to Idaho. Well, how old was he, yeah. 13? Yeah, so, so, so there always has to be in the end. So, you know, all, all the kid's life, hopefully, you're teaching him lessons yeah. as a father, right? Or as an uncle, as an older brother. I get it, man. We live in a time now where it's a high divorce rate, blah, blah, blah. But all of that child's life, that young man's life, you're teaching him lessons, but there has to be an initiation process. The, the slicing of the arm and here's the knife, go get him, right? And come back and you're a man. If you don't come back, then you obviously weren't. And 
while obviously that's very extreme and no one should do that, the book, Raising a Modern Day Knight, says that as your young boy is entering into becoming a young man, 12 to 13 years old, he suggests that, you know, setting up some kind of an obstacle course. And so what Dai's uncle did for his sons was, you know, he set up like rusty nails that were sticking up and uh, a couple of bear traps and broken glass and uh any angry beavers no no angry beavers okay. this time and uh he has the soundtrack has, of running water <laughs> right triggered and the beavers start attacking yeah you have to go watch the other one before this yeah if you watch the episode before this you'll know exactly what we're talking about where the beavers are concerned but dude it was so cool like he got all of his um like the dad like all the friends that he looks up to that are like-minded like him great yep. entrepreneurs etc great family men leaders and he said, all right, we're going to do this initiation for my son. So he says, hey, son, like you see all these obstacles in front of you, the glass and the bear trap and the rusty nails, you're barefoot and going to put on your blindfold. And the son's like 30 yards away. And he goes, son, me and your uncles and, your, and my friends here, we're here. I'm going to guide you. You're going to follow my voice. And in life, you're going to have a lot of interruption. So all the uncles and stuff <clears throat> were like making all these background noise, right? Huh. But... The son's job is just to lock on to dad's voice, which is your gut. Follow huh. your gut, your intuition, your instincts that you built, hopefully over time. And when you do, no matter how much noise, and today, don't we have more noise than ever through social media and through just television media and all this noise that we don't know what decision to make. But if you were tuned into your gut, you always know what decision to make. And so he guides his son around the rusty nails and around the glass and around the bear trap. And he finally said, you know, all right, son, two feet that way, three feet that way. Now, big step over the nails. Okay, you got it. Now come to me. And he hugs his son, takes off the blindfold. And the, and the uncles and the friends of the dad make a circle around <clears> the son <throat> and they pour wisdom into him. Yeah. Right? And I was like, man, I'm getting goosebumps. And, and that's such a rite of passage moment. And so I did that for Andrew in Idaho, yeah. where I flew out nine guys from here that I trust and look up to and know that they would be great leaders to pour into him. And we put Andrew, we took him to a kill house. Uh, we're not killing anything. It's a house, it's a shoot house where uh, a friend of mine who's a SWAT sniper. Um, they practice there. They practice there. I had to clear rooms and all that stuff. But it's very scary because they're using real guns that shoot paintballs but still oh, use okay. gunpowder, right? And so you're being shot at, you're cleaning rooms, et cetera. And so we gave them a very scary, tough, challenging, problem-solving, com communication-driven experience. And then at the end of the day, I had all the men surround him. And I said, son, like this is your opportunity. Uh, to get poured into, you're now becoming a young man, and as a young man, you're going to have different responsibilities to protect and provide. So but each I, one of those guys at, at the kill house yeah. uh, in Idaho, they all had, like, how long did they have to share their wisdom? Because I remember, like, you saying, like, there was, I don't know, these nine guys, just, like, some guys were crying. Yeah, like, yeah. It was, uh, it was probably about 15 minutes. And in fact, Ed went up there with me. Yeah. And uh, Ed videotaped the whole thing for us, and Andrew has that, and... And I audio recorded, I put my phone on record and I had yeah. every guy, the, the dad. So it was like a minute and a half for each guy. Yeah, yeah. But dude, these were like, like one of the dads was pouring in. He's like, dude, I've gone to war. I've had many duties, um, uh, tours, tour of duties. Um, I, I'm afraid of commitment because I've gone through seven marriages. I'm afraid of commitment. And this is a scary thing for me. And I realize now today that 
I've been holding on to this traumatic thing and that's what led to these seven failed marriages. Mm -hmm. And he's just sharing this with my son and he's like, hey, when you have issues that come up in your life, address them. Huh. And he was just bawling. He's like this warrior who's gone to war for our country is just like, but I can't hold a relationship together because of this baggage that he carried with him, yeah. right? And he realized in that moment. So my son and I were just like in the middle of that group hugging each other as the group was just pouring into him and you know we recorded the whole thing and it's so valuable. So Andrew went through it again as a 15 year old this time, <clears throat> yeah. he, that he was 13. So I was an instructor for the Squire program and when the dads and sons got together, I was a dad and we would do a relay together. Okay. And you know, it could be sledgehammering this giant metal bar into the ground. Once you sledgehammer it, then you guys run uh, half a football field and you fill up these bags with dirt yeah. and you bring the bags back and then you take a kettlebell and you do, basically it's, did you take the heaviest kettlebell? Did you elbow some other dads and sons out of the way? Because we taught them it pays to be a winner. So be a winner guys, but at what expense? And then we created bottlenecks intentionally to see like, did you give another dad and son the right of way or did you just get greedy and elbow people out of the way? And so at the end of the 12 hour experience, so there was ice baths, pulling trucks. And what's really neat is we create these father and son evolutions and then we send the fathers away with two of our head instructors, right? Yeah. For the fathers to, to learn how to communicate better with their spouses and with their kids and their sons. Like, hey dad, it's pretty obvious, but we all do it. I don't anymore. Don't look at your phone as you're conversating with your kid. You're, the signal you're sending is you are, the phone is more priority, higher priority than that child of yours, right? And you're causing damage that's gonna be irreversible. Yeah. And so anyway, we, we, we did this whole thing and what was really neat at the end of the 12th hour when we all came back, we had, I had purchased some actual bear traps from Alaska, this trapper. Um, and earlier that morning, I demonstrated one of the bear traps. We set it and I demonstrated it with a two by four. And when I hit the trap, I mean, this thing closed so hard it broke the two by four in half. Wow. And the sparks flew out because there's two metal pieces coming together. And we said, boys, you, you're, you might see this at the end of the day today. And when you do, just realize stepping in this bear trap, there's life offers us a lot of bear traps to step into. So at the end of the day, during the Squire program, we, uh, we took the dads and we had them blindfold their sons and we built out an obstacle course where there was razor wire Huh. Just think like tumbleweeds of razor wire <clears throat> thrown out, like almost like on a like almost a half a football field distance or, or quarter of a football field. Was it behind, behind BK? B BK? Yeah, yeah, behind BK. And so rusty nails, bear traps, uh, swinging pendulums. Like, and so you got to navigate your son right through the pendulum, otherwise to whack him in the head and knock him down, right? And um, it was a really cool experience, man, for the dads to just be able to navigate their sons and the sons to be blindfolded. But the reason we did that at the end of the day is because I didn't make the assumption that the dads and sons had the same level of trust mm -hmm. and rapport with each other that me and Andrew have. So it, we proved that in 12 hours, we can build such a bond. And so when we would bring the dads and sons together and they'd go through an evolution, an exercise, like a relay, then when instructor Steve and instructor Matt would take the dads away, bring them to HQ here while we're with the boys doing some other hard stuff, Instructor Matt and Instructor Steve would tell the dads like, hey, can I give you feedback on what I saw? When you, your son started to lag on the sledgehammer, you started yelling at him, like, hurry the F up. Do you think that's gonna shut him down or is that gonna actually motivate him? It's like, oh, I meant to motivate him. Well, you really shut him down, didn't you? And wasn't it embarrassing for your son? Yeah, do you think that shows up when you're on the sidelines at his soccer matches? Yeah, so what can you do about that? 
And thankfully, there's another evolution that's going to come up where now the dad can correct his actions. And so it was really cool, man, to see how each time the dads and sons met up, the problem dads, and by the way, the only reason we're problems is because no one poured into us. Yeah, yeah. Right? The problem dads were improving by the hour. And the sons were getting more courageous and more vocal. One son went up to a dad and said, hey, dad, can I talk to you and give you feedback? And the dad's like, sure. He took him into the building, didn't give him feedback there in front of everyone to embarrass him. He took the dad into the building and he gave feedback. And the dad was taught earlier by the two instructors that if you're given feedback by your son, as long as he's respectful, say, son, I understand. Let me see if I got this right. Is this what you mean? Hmm. And it was so neat for them to come out crying and hugging because that son had never given feedback to dad when dad would lose his lid. You know, and those were the type of things, man, that the Squire program, that we created this whole rite of passage for these young boys who become young men, and I believe they're going to be future leaders, and, and uh, I'm just stoked to, to do the next one in March. And so tell us about one or two of the kids that maybe started off timid and had like a crazy evolution throughout the day. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> one, one of the kids, actually, uh, one of your friend's kids, uh, he's 12 and a half years old. Yeah, so Technic he's one of the youngest guys there? One of the youngest guy there. Got it. And he didn't want to go in the ice bath. Well, now, first of all, why 13, 14, 15? Good question. So technically, right around 13, 14, 15 is when that testosterone starts coming on, yeah. when you start developing your body and your muscles, and you realize psychologically that's when uh, every psycho psychology book about kids will say that's when the boys begin to detach from the mom and take more interest in the dads if they're, they're in the relationship, the older brothers, or the older kids in the neighborhood. Now, you don't see a nine-year-old joining a gang. Yeah. It's usually a 13, 14, 15-year-old because of the absence of a dad. So it's during that time when the, when the young man wants, starts detaching, and it's a very healthy detach from the mom, and starts taking more interest in more masculine stuff. Because there's testosterone flowing through you, and you're like, I want to do stuff that involves breaking and destroying and protecting and lifting and whatever. Like, oh, but I got no one to do that with me, so I'm going to... Like, I actually... Around that age, I lit a freaking avocado tree on fire because I was curious how fire worked on a tree. <laughs> Dude, I did some stupid stuff. Lighting trees on fire almost set my parents' house on fire because I was like, my son, he's gone out and shot guns with me. He knows the proper etiquette with guns. Like, we've done cool stuff where he's not going to be curious and go burn down the house, you know? Um, but that's why. So one of these... And then also, why not 16 and 17? Because you actually had a pretty good answer when... Uh uh, yeah, our friend wanted to bring yeah. 16 or 17. The discrepancy in size and like, I mean, you know, you've seen some 16, 17 year olds that just look like grown ass men. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we kind of want the evolutions and obstacles that we put them through to be fair. Yeah. And if they're carrying logs when the Navy SEAL is putting them through log PT, you don't want the log to be so slanted because the tall dude in the back and the short guy up front. Yeah or vice versa. So at some point you do need same height and same size build. Yeah. And so this 12 and a half year old man, he was just a little savage. I mean, we're carrying uh, sandbags during, the, during a loop here called the 3.2 mile massive hills on wow. a loop. And I said, boys, as we get to the hills in life, we're gonna attack them. Life gives us hills, just like the hills you see in front of you. And you're holding these sandbags and we're gonna attack those hills. If you take your problems in a slow way, they're gonna eat you up. But if you attack your problems in life, it's gonna be easier. So even with the sandbags, we, we're gonna charge up these hills. Well, he charged up the first hill. Little did he know there was three more hills to come. And that little savage, before he became a little savage, 
when he saw the second hill, he just started falling apart and the negative self-talk began. I can't do this. This isn't for me. This is too heavy as it is. He's 12 and a half years old, tiny little dude. And, and, and one of the boys comes up behind him and puts his, and he was like, so he's complaining, I can't do this. I can't attack another hill holding the sandbag over my shoulders. And he's complaining to another boy who's feeling the same way. So now misery loves company, right? And I'm like, boys, you gotta attack the hills. We're gonna do this, right? And I'm watching what's happening. Another one of the boys comes up, takes a sandbag off, puts his hands on their lower back. He's like, guys, we got this. We're gonna do this together. And he literally ran up the hill with them, supporting them. And soon you just see those two break off and attack the hill. So they knew they had more to give. The lesson there was, you don't know if there's gonna be another hill in life and another problem and another problem. You just attack every single one until it's over and you have more in you than you think. And what was really neat is earlier that morning, we had taught those young men to roar, to have their war cry, mm -hmm. right? And there's a breathing technique that Aaron teaches where you just, actually, when we're lifting heavy weights, yeah. what do we do? We go through a little, you oxygenate your brain. The more oxygen you take in, the more agitated you feel. And actually oxygen, pure oxygen, when uh, people breathe it in, it does actually increase their rage level. And so I was like, boys, sometimes in life you have to muster up a lot of strength, a lot of power, a lot of courage. And there's a breathing technique. Aaron's going to take you through this. And then when you do, I'm going to teach you how to roar your war cry. And when you do that, that gives you even a little more power. And in life, I hope you never have to use it to protect yourself or whatever. But if you do, here's how it's going to be. And I said, on the off chance, uh, during this hike, we happen to see the dads. When you see the dads coming, as soon as they're even with us, you turn to them and you give them your war cry. And so these you know, young boys practice that. And dude... Ah, I'm getting goosebumps. We see the dads coming on the hike because we structured it that way. We're coming from the other side of the hill, right? As we get to the top of the highest hill, the dads are going and they're smiling because they see what they thought were their little boys. What they didn't realize is these little young savages turned toward them and like, ah, yelled at them all at once. And the dads were just like taken aback, like, holy And it was the neatest feeling because right there the dad saw that that's, a, that's my man right there. That's a young man. And uh, like, I need to treat him like a young man. And there's a place where that young man can be vulnerable and soft with his dad and his mom, but he's also a young man and a very capable man. And we need to build more of those. Sounds like the father's changed as much as the kids that day. Massively. And just so you know, so one of them was the, the, the CEO of that, <clears throat> the racetrack company, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, these are like high level entrepreneurs, some of them. Yep. CEO of that racetrack company out of Las Vegas. One of them was Aaron Hind, the CEO of FitAid. Oh, cool. Right? Life Aid beverages, like drinks you can find in every grocery store. Uh, another one was uh, a Navy SEAL leader. He teaches leadership. Uh, uh, Brent Gleason and his son came. Wow. And his son, Tyler. And he went through it. Now, he was not only an officer as a SEAL, but now he has two companies where he goes into businesses and NFL teams and M NBA teams and teaches leadership and communication. And he's like, <clears throat> holy crap. I learned so much, my son developed so much, thank wow. you. And he gave us one of the most glowing testimonials. And proof of this is like, don't think just because you're like, hey, I'm a present dad. Like my son was like, dad, I got so much more out of it this time than I did two years ago when we went to Idaho. I'm like, son, do you wanna do it with me every time? He's like, absolutely. Wow. So he's gonna be, be doing this with me every time. And it was just a really neat thing, man. Transformational on every level. Cool. So you got at least one more coming up. Yeah, one more coming up in March. And so that kind of covers the who, what, when, where, why, and why we do it. And people ask, uh, you know, are, are you going to do this in other places? Uh, no, just 
part of this yeah, transformation. Part of it is like the, the location and yeah, the loop. And yeah. like you have to go and scout all that junk out. Yeah, and not only that, there's something powerful about the hero's journey, right? Where you leave home as sure. a boy, you come back as a man. And so if this is convenient to you in your backyard, it's not a freaking mud run where it's like, hey, it's right down the street, let's go do the mud run. Yeah. You're gonna get on the plane, you're gonna go to a, a city that you haven't been to, Chino Hills, and- You're, you're gonna, gonna stay at the Town Place Marriott. At the Town Place Marriott, and at four in the morning, buses come to pick you up, oh. right? And it's dark and it's cold and, and, and you're seeing bear traps and it's an unfamiliar place and you see really savage looking men who are gonna lead, but very soon you see how gentle they are as well. And you're like, holy cow. And one of the young men there, he goes up to Ray and he goes, hey, just so you know, I want to be a Navy SEAL when I grow up. And I thought he was kidding. The dad comes to Ray. He goes, even before he met you, Ray, I mean, he was jacked, 14-year-old, just jacked. He goes, for the last four years, all he's ever wanted to do is be a Navy SEAL, and you're the first one he's met. Wow. And it was just a neat thing, man, for that connection to happen as well. Uh, but that Squire program changed my life like tenfold any other business that I've ever launched. And it's not even a business, it's just a passion project. And so it's gonna happen again in March. Amazing, yeah. absolutely love it. So listen, if you wanna grow an empire, if you wanna raise a great young man, this is the place to be, right? Indeed it is. And to that point, thank you so much for watching this episode, listening to this episode. As always, do us a favor and leave us a five-star review if you got value out of this episode. Share this episode on social media. Oh, and where the heck can people find out about this? Oh, and you just go to... <laughs> Hi, we're marketers. <laughs> By the way, just go to bedroscooling.com forward slash Squire, and you can find out all about the Squire program. And join us if you're a dad and you have a son between the ages of 13, 14, and 15. See ya.